And now it's my pleasure to welcome Charlotte to Major League Soccer as our 30th team. And now your new owner, David Tepper. Charlotte. You ready to party? Please join me in welcoming Charlotte Football Club's first head coach, Miguel Angel Ramirez. Buenos dias. In the 2022 MLS Super Draft, presented by Adidas, Charlotte FC selects from the University of Maryland and Generation Adidas, Ben Bender. Bienvenido, bienvenuti, and welcome to the Charlotte FC podcast. Today we are going to talk about the supporters, culture, and tradition that is surrounding Charlotte FC. Starting a new franchise has a lot of unknowns. However, in the case of Charlotte FC, one thing that seemed to be a sure bet was the supporters or fans that would embrace it. Bank of America Stadium, where Charlotte FC will play its first home match on March 5th, is nearly a sellout, and it's because of the fan support and the energy that is surrounding not only this event, but the entire season and the entire uh, bringing up of having soccer in Charlotte. There's already 15,000 season tickets sold, which 3,000 of them are actually in the supporter section, and there's just so much going on behind the scenes to make this event and the event of this season in Charlotte FC, uh, a, a regular part of what we do here in Charlotte. Uh, I talk with Sean McIntosh, who is the chief fan officer for Charlotte FC, and we talk about all these things and explore uh, what it is that we're trying to get here with soccer in Charlotte. Before I bring Sean in here, I just want to share a little bit about him. So Sean has worked for over 12 years in the sports business. He's actually worked with the Norfolk Admirals, which is an ECHL um, hockey team in Virginia. And he's done two stints with them, being the chief revenue officer. He's also worked for three years, um, just previously, for the Las Vegas Aces, which is a WNBA team. And he was charge of direct ticket sales and service there. And then he's also been in soccer at the Houston Dynamo uh, as director of tickets and inside sales there for four years. So he's coming to us with all this experience, and we get a chance to hear how he's going to help be the ear and the voice of the Charlotte fan for Charlotte FC. So I have here uh, Sean McIntosh. He is the chief fan officer for Charlotte FC. You can follow him at Charlotte FC underscore CFO and also at Sean underscore McIntosh. Um, so Sean, welcome to our podcast here. Uh, so tell me about if, if you were to, if somebody were to say, hey, what do you do for a living? And you say, well, I'm the chief fan officer of Charlotte FC. What, what's your elevator pitch? Like, what do people, ex what do you tell them? Yeah, um, it, it's, it's a great question. It's a question I, I, uh, I get a lot of. Um, so uh, I, I'm most certainly uh, prepared with that elevator speech. Um, look, my, my job is to act as the, uh, the ear for the fan and the voice for the fan. So it's my job to listen to what fans are saying, uh, working with a number uh, of different segments of our fan base. So uh, our supporters, uh, working with them and, and the council uh, to make sure that 
um, from an experience standpoint, from the resources, from everything that they need to bring that experience to life and match day that I'm here um, on their behalf to uh, to a fan that uh, that's never, um, you know, once we get into this, fans that live across the pond and maybe never get a chance to come out to a match. It's my job to um, act as, as a voice for them. And so I do a lot of listening. I do a lot of talking. Um, it's my job to uh, sit in on, on as many meetings as possible internally so that uh, I can bring up uh, what it is that fans are saying and, and again, act on their behalf. Cool. So what, what got you interested in this position? I'm sure this was a well thought out position that a lot of people wanted. Yeah. I mean, look, um, I, I, I grew up a fan of this game. So uh, certainly getting to uh, come back to a league that I worked in uh, for the sport that I, I have a passion for uh, was intriguing to get to do it for an expansion team. You know, check that box off. That, that certainly a once in a lifetime opportunity. And, you know, this club in particular was somewhere that I wanted to be for, for quite some time. And, and, you know, we had hoped that Charlotte would get awarded a franchise. It's, it's, it's close to um, where my family lives a, a few hours away in Virginia. And, um, you know, so it definitely ticked a lot of boxes and then getting to certainly work with fans um, in the culture of the sport that I love so much, you know, made it a dream job. That sounds cool. Yeah. I, I always think like being the person who starts or like invents the position kind of, you have a little more advantage. Whereas if you're coming yeah. from behind with someone else, it's like, how much do you use their stuff versus, you know, creating your own type of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other MLS teams that have a similar position as you? Not, you know, um, I, I'd say, you know, they, they, they've all got different variations, not um, not a, a chief fan officer. Some have um, experience, fan experience and fan engagement uh, mm -hmm. folks. Um, there are certainly things like supporter liaisons. Those, those aren't uh, new. That's, that's something you'll find, you know, around most clubs around the world. And so um, I think uh, most certainly mine is, is, is the first of its kind, definitely a little bit different. Um, but uh, hope to see more and more clubs start implementing it. How did you get this position? Like what, what qualities are, are they looking for, for people like that? Yeah. So, you know, uh, obviously it, it's ideal to have somebody that um, is a fan and that's passionate about this game that understands the culture uh, behind it. Uh, but, you know, what made me particularly um, suited for this position was uh, there are there are thousands upon thousands of, of, of fans of this game, um, you know. But but my experience uh, across uh, different departments, uh, working in the pro sports world, you know, I, I come with you know twelve plus experience uh, in the pro sports business side of things. Uh, I, I've got experience running a team, a club, um, working in fan facing roles. You know, focus on developing fan bases and increasing. Uh, ticket sales um, to operations and game day experience. So for me, uh, having that experience, being able to to speak to, to those departments, understand how they operate, I, I think suited me well because not only do I understand the fan sentiment, um, but I, I know how to navigate the the, the business side and, and truly be able to affect change versus you know just being somebody that's that's a cheerleader or, or right. you know social media influencer. Right. You definitely know how 
the inner workings have to happen in order to make these things that people are excited and want to be a part of. Yep. Um, so I know you're gearing up for the big home match, even though we have a, a match this uh, this week away. Um, you know, you have people that you work for. And so do they have a specific like directive for you? Like, this is what we need you to do. They're like, do you get, you know, like an overall thing that this is what your job is supposed to do and this is what you're supposed to do? Or is it more of like always moving? Yeah, it's, it's pretty fluid. It's, all, it's always moving again. Um, I, I don't own necessarily one particular department per se, um, fan experience, the, the voice of the fans, uh, fan engagement, all of that, uh, you know, sits across every channel. So marketing, communications, um, operations to literally you, you name it, ticket sales. Um, so, so for me, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's responsibilities in kind of all of those areas and making sure that. Um, I'm, there's a resource I'm pushing. I've got experience in a lot of those departments. So, you know, I, I can help and assist in those areas and provide some expertise. But, you know, the biggest thing right now and, and, and kind of what keeps me busy uh, is, is really keyed in on this first match and, and making sure logistically, uh, partic particularly with our supporters, that they have everything that they need um, to, to do something that we expect to be pretty spectacular come on uh, March 5th, so. Right, and we do have a supporters kind of section um, per se, and that's that's always designated for every game. Yeah, it is. Um, so that that east end of the building uh, is is our supporters section. Uh, we're, we're excited that, you know, we've, we've crossed the 3,000 uh, season ticket mark for our supporters section. So definitely up there in the league in terms of size of supporter sections. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a general admission section, um, but it is a designated section for them and it should be a, a pretty rowdy one. Awesome. So with so many different supporter groups already, like, you know, we already have Mint City Collective, QC Royals, Southbound and Crown, um, just to name a couple of them. Like, how do you, how do you work with them? Because they have their own agendas, but then you also have kind of Charlotte FC's agenda. Like, how do you figure out what's best? You know, well, look, I, I think um, when you really think about it and, and you think about the name, right, they're called supporters. So um, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, we all had the same um, overarching goal in mind. You know, it, it's it's about the club. It's how do we support the club? How do we make sure that we find ways to enhance the club? And, and our supporters are obviously a big part of that. And, and that's their goal. And, and while we have a number of different supporter groups, each one of them with their own flair, uh, they, they represent different uh, regions, um, have different identities. I think uh, what's been great about this group is that they all um, had that singular focus of, of making the experience, making sure they're supporting the club um, and, and representing really well. Um, so they kind of all have that same goal in mind. And you know, we've got what's called a supporter council. So we've, we've got five recognized council groups. Uh, so while there are more supporter groups uh, then, then, then there are council groups. Uh, these council groups, from a like day to day for managing the supporter fund, uh, have done a really good job of bringing in structure um, and working with myself. Uh, and, and then they've done a nice job of laying out uh, committees. So if anybody, whether you're a part of one of these council groups, whether you're, you're even a part of a supporter group or not, you can get involved um, because they've created uh, chant committees. They've created TIFO committees, they've created away match committees, 
So if, if you want to affect change, if you want to uh, feel like that you're being heard and, and you want to be able to put your mark on the experience, they've created really easy ways to get involved. So um, again, they all have the, the same goal of, of creating a really awesome experience. So how do you, uh, how do you keep them kind of from, you know, cause obviously there could be some in not fighting, but like, you know, crossover of stuff. Like how do you keep them from having, you know, that kind of like trying to overshadow another. And I, I know they're probably all great, great groups, but you know. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think, um, the, the best way to, to do it is, is open lines of communication and, 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 and having that structure in place. We've already done that. So, you know, certainly while I, I, I anticipate things coming up, like there, it's not always going to be a honeymoon stage, but um, they, they're all really good. They all communicate. We communicate nonstop. Um, they're, they're working together. And so um, them having that open line of communication helps to avoid some of those challenges, because when they come up and, and look, they all have different opinions, you know, they're, they're able to see it immediately, um, have conversations about it and then make decisions. So, right. And I, I know you're probably, it sounds like because you do a lot of listening anyway. Um, like, how do you, how do you balance whether it's something that needs to grow organically versus this is something we need to have happen? Well, I, you know, it's, um, it's it's a it's an interesting balance. I mean, you know, everybody talks about things growing organically, but you also can't show up on match day one and and not have anything. Right. right. Um, you know that that's the worst way to to grow, to grow a, a fan base. Um, but they've been working really really hard. Our supporters on on creating a lot of this stuff. You know, I, I think uh, who we are on match day one uh, is likely to change. Five matches in one year in, two years in. And, and right. so the thing is going to evolve uh, and things will happen that will become tradition. So yes, while, while we as a club uh, will make sure to, to have some, some things that we have to create, mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean it's, it's forever. And, and that doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen. Same as our supporters, you know, that they've got chance. Some of these chants may stick. Uh, some, of, some of these chants may not. Um, right. So yeah, I think it's always a delicate balance when you're talking about creating tradition uh, when when you have none. Right, right. And then as far as like, you know, I know there's lots of groups, in different areas, and um, especially, you know, in the Latinx community, we have a, a really growing and thriving community here in Charlotte and surrounding areas. I know like Blue Flurias, um, CLT's big, um, and you've had like the Latinx block parties and stuff like that. But how do you how do you get different groups that are not represented by these, by these supporter groups? How do you get, how are you going to get them in? Yeah. I mean, look, uh, it, it's, it's about being um, as, as accessible as possible. And, and that's why these groups have created um, committees that are open to everybody. And uh, these, 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 each one of these supporter groups um, want to be welcoming. I mean, that's been a, a big thing so that everything they do down to the, the supporter tailgate lot is open to everybody. So, you know, whether you're a supporter or not, like they want people to come join them. And so, you know, the, the hope is by being super inclusive, um, by making things easy for everybody uh, that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll start seeing more and more people represented. And so, um, you know, th these groups have done a, a great job of making sure that there's ways for people to get involved if they want to get involved. 
Nice, nice. We'll be right back. Now, you probably have some kind of set things in your mind and things that you might like to help uh, make happen. Is there anything that comes from like a memory of, you know, you attending events or you doing something you're like, man, you know, I hope we can make this happen here. You know, do you have anything like that? Yeah, I mean, all the time, uh, <laughs> you know, when, when, when I first started, um, you know, my, my first few weeks, first couple months, I, I spent a lot of time traveling, going out to uh, different uh, games around the world. You know, I, I did a West Coast trip, had a chance to see a couple different MLS clubs. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a sports nerd anyway, so I love going out to different games, but had a chance to, uh, to, to go check out some of the best experiences uh, in Vegas and uh, check out what the Golden Knights do and what the Raiders and um, had a chance to to, to go back, uh, you know, where I grew up in Italy and, and attend a match. Um, and so, you know, there, there are things that I take away from each one of those and, and I'll, I'll work with our supporters, I'll work with our fans and I'm trying just to, you know, hey, are, are there things that we can bring to life? Um, you know, there, there are some things that I'm excited for people to see on March 5th um, that kind of came out of all of that. So, you know, without spoiling anything, um, you know, a, a lot of that's going to be unveiled uh, at our opener. Okay. I, I figured I wasn't going to get you to, to <laughs> say anything that, that wasn't, you know, because part of that, it's the anticipation. I think a lot of, you know, just, you know, soccer itself is a game of anticipation. Like this is building, this is coming up, this is happening. And then it happens and you're just, you know, it's like blown out. And so I think the fan experience is going to be like that too. Like we've been experiencing all of this kind of build up, you know, to the slow release of you know, the different kits, to the names, you know, all this stuff happening. And I think, you know, this is just one more aspect. So uh, awesome. The um, Besides, you know, attendance and, you know, that's, that's probably a big number, like fan experience and understanding something at, you know, the end of a week or something like that. Like, how do you know that you were successful in your role? Well, to be honest, I don't know what the end of a week <laughs> leave it. Yeah. Like. Um, well, after match day, you know. Yeah. Well. Well. You know. We'll. We'll get there um, eventually. So, um, look, I. I think. Yeah. You know, we haven't had that yet. So, you know, for me on March fifth is is really going to be that first opportunity to to kind of evaluate um, how we've done as a club, how, how I've done um, working with our, our fans and our supporters and seeing it all come to life and, and engaging the response from our fans. I, I mean, sitting back and, you know, I've, I've always got a pulse on social. Um, I'm big into having conversations in person. Certainly, uh, I would be out and about on March 5th. Um, so yeah, hearing the feedback after that first game, I, I think that's when I'll kind of get to sit back and, and taking it in as a fan too, you know? So I, I want to sit back and, and kind of see it all come to life and, and our, our pre-match and all of that and, and just kind of, you know, judge it for myself as, as right. well as listening to what everybody else has to say. So, you know, that that's when I can kind of sit back and evaluate whether or not, you know, it all hit. Right. Kind of take a macro view rather than the micro that you're going to have in the game. Yeah. You're going to be so into everything that's going on. It's going to be hard to step back and say, 
all right, did we get the feeling that we wanted? Did we yeah, get the exactly? Yeah. Uh, well, so saying that, you know, we're looking at week. Like, what are you envisioning maybe a year from now or two years from now? Like, what is it that you're like you hope that you know you're able to do? Well, look, um, you know, everybody wants to create a fan base that is um, there uh, wins or not. And so I think when, when we, you know, the, the, the greatest success of, of a club is its fans. I think of some of the, the most struggling clubs in sports that just have undying passionate fans. I mean, you think about like the Cleveland Browns and, and for so many years, the Buffalo bills, and mm-hmm. they've got, you know, on the American football landscape, some of the best fans that show up, and we're not talking about places where it's easy to show up in terms of weather. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I hope that regardless of what happens on the pitch, you know, we, we've got a, a group um, that shows up that creates incredible atmospheres. I certainly want to be known as a place that is difficult for opponents to come in and play because of our fans. So, you know, I, I think, years down the road it's it's stepping back and taking a look at, at what kind of a fan base are we are are we an imposing one that um again makes it difficult but i, I think also one that can be known as, as being pretty pretty classy uh welcoming you know mm-hmm. before the before the 90 minutes you know i i think i know that's a sentiment our supporters have talked a lot about is being super welcoming and um but then once that match starts, you know, they, they want to create an environment that provides a, a home field advantage. Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm sure also you want the casual fan that might only be able to get to a game a year or a couple that have such the experience. They're like, I got to get back there. Even Yeah, if- absolutely. Again, we can't necessarily control wins and losses, but, um, but, you know, the experience is something that, that we have a little bit more control over. And, and that's certainly a, a big piece that our fans have the greatest control over um, because that's that's where that experience comes from is, is that supporter section. And so, again, knowing that regardless if, you know, a, a seven-year-old kid comes out to his first match, regardless of scoreline, um, they're just wowed and, and blown away something different and unique in terms of experience that they want to come back. And I think part of the experience is knowing where and what to look for. And so like coming before the match, is there anything without, again, revealing any secrets, like should, how, how early should they come? Where should they go? Where should they adventure? If they're, if they're going to explore down there by, by the stadium, what activities and what things should they be looking for? Well, look, I, I would push everybody to, to go join um, the people that are going to be the life of the party. That's going to be our supporters. And They'll be tailgating as early as uh, two o'clock on at least for this opening match. They'll be tailgating at you know most most every match, but mm-hmm. for, for this one in terms of time, you know, two o'clock, uh, our supporters will have a tailgate lot on uh, on McNinch. It's this massive lot on McNinch and, and Warhead, uh, where look they're they're the ones setting everything up. So it's not a, a traditional NFL tailgate where, where, you know, people are coming in to park and setting up their own tailgate. You know, it's, it's not a parking lot, but our supporters are creating the tailgate atmosphere there. And anybody that wants to join, they're, they're free to go find their, their parking elsewhere and, and come walk over and, and join in on the festivities. And that's the best place to be. And, and they'll be marching from there 
to the stadium and, and it'll be a sight, you know, they'll, they'll have their drums, they'll have flags, they'll have smoke, they'll be chanting and getting to be a part of that, I think will be pretty special. So highly encourage everybody to, to, to do that pregame because that's that organic um, supporter culture that everybody can be a part of, regardless of where you're sitting in the stadium. And then when they get to the stadium, like do you encourage people to, to walk around? Cause there's going to be so much probably in there that, you probably miss it if you just went straight to your seats. Yeah, look, um, I, I mean, we, we want to start a, a party pretty early. So, you know, I, I, I would encourage everybody to, to grab their drinks, get fueled up, get their food, um, and, and then get to their seats as early as possible because, um, you know, we, we've got things lined up from, a, from an entertainment standpoint and experience standpoint that you won't want to miss. So, yeah, I'd encourage everybody to get to seats as quickly as possible um after they fuel up all right and and there's nothing about uh colors or things that that is being promoted i guess they could also just check out the supporters and see what they're kind of planning right it would in turn what do you mean by uh the colors like just you know what people should wear like sometimes they do blackout sometimes yeah no 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 good yeah um no i mean look for us um we we've got two absolutely stunning kits so Okay. Um, whichever one you want to wear, uh, we're happy with. So, um, yeah, as long right. as there are colors, then, uh, <laughs> then we're fine. Right. Maybe not so much the white with the galaxies stuff. Right. Um, no red. Yeah. Yeah. None of that. And do you already know, do they already know like what colors they're wearing for those? Are there no, stuff? not yet. No. All right. So last kind of question here and this is actually more of um kind of on the personal side because i know you have a, a side hobby there you uh you grew up in italy you follow lazio you do a podcast about their their team right i do yeah yeah so yeah tell me how how you got started with that so um you know as you mentioned i grew up over there my family's from there um grew up a lazio fan don't necessarily remember uh, choosing them. I know it's 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 the club that uh, my family is, is passionate about, being from that region. Um, you know, ha having spent time in the in the United States and, and now living here, um, there's there's not a, a ton of Lazio fans. Um, most most soccer fans that I've come across are are typically uh, fans of of English Premier League clubs now and. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you'll, you'll get your Barcelona's and Real Madrid. And so, uh, when I was in Houston, uh, I wanted to um, be a part of trying to, to, to grow some of that um, fandom and, and introduce people to you know a club that I loved. Um, there was some really great um, podcasts and content out there, but uh, I started a supporter group, uh, a Latino, a Texas Latiali group, and, and then uh, you know we we had a nice little following, 30, 40 people. Uh, that we would gather together and watch matches. Um, uh, you know, moved to Vegas once the pandemic hit. You know, I, I had um, during a couple of years, I had been asked to go on a, a number of different podcasts pretty frequently uh, because there weren't a ton of experts in the Lazio field here here in the U.S. And, and so I was appearing on a lot of podcasts and started just creating content myself. Uh, since I was asked to to go on so many people's podcasts, I, I figured. You know, instead of always being that source of pretty kind of content for everybody else, right. uh, I had a little extra time on my hands now working from home during, during the pandemic. And so I figured I would I would create mine. 
uh, came together with a, with a good buddy that, that runs a fantastic uh, resource for Lazio fans called the Laziali. Uh, we, we started what was called the, the Bianco Celesti broadcast. And then uh, after running that for a few months, uh, there's a there's another really strong Lazio podcast out there. The first one that was ever in English called Lazio Lounge. Uh, two great folks that are that were journalists and, and really respected in the the culture world. Uh, Vittorio uh, Campanilla and and Alistair McKenzie and we all came together to kind of merge um, to to launch Lazio World and and so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Again, just a kind of a passion project and to talk. Yeah, what I love to talk about, and, and that's this beautiful game. Nice, appreciate it. Yeah, sounds awesome. Well, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course, Nick. Happy to. Here are some other match day notes. So, getting to and from the game, use Google Maps or Waze because Charlotte FC has partnered with them to provide the traffic patterns that they will use to to flow throughout the city and around the around the game. Uh, also know that lots open up at 2 p.m., including the supporter tailgate, which is actually not a lot for cars, but it's where the supporters will set up and and have their, uh, their tailgate. So that begins at 2 p.m. The march from that spot, which is at McNich, um, is, starts at 6 p.m. or generally about 90 minutes before the match. And they will march towards South Graham and then um, go right on South Mint and head into the East uh, East Gate to uh, to enter into the stadium. Also know if, if you're coming to the game and you're hoping to get tickets, of course, uh, Charlotte FC holds a limited number of tickets to purchase on match day, especially for walk-ups and things like that. They're always going to do that just to make it accessible for people. Uh, tonight is a 7.30 match against LA Galaxy and some things that open up that you may want to to come early for and be a part of not only the supporters tailgate and the march but there's also a fan zone that opens on South Mint Street that has fun giveaways and interactive stations some esports that opens up at uh, about 2 hours before the game and it'll close 1 hour after the game so that's 5:30 to um on March 5th and then uh, closes at 8:30 I've also posted some links in the description of this podcast. So if you're interested in joining the supporters groups or creating your own and seeing how to do that, we have links for that. We have links to the chants. We also have links to the policies of the Bank of America Stadium so you can see what you can bring in and what you can't bring into the stadium. And of course, if you can't attend the event, you can listen or watch. It is actually being broadcast the March 5th opener is going to be broadcast on Fox and Fox Deportes. Uh, so you can watch that nationally. You can also listen locally here on WFNZ, uh, 107.9 FM and 610 AM. And then the Spanish radio network locally in Charlotte is 106.1. We have also posted all of the radio networks so you can listen if you're not in the Charlotte area and you want to be able to listen into the game. All right. Well, that's it for our podcast today on the supporters groups, the tradition and the cultures. I can't wait to see how this all turns out.
This has been a production of charlottefcpodcast.com. Thanks again for listening and follow us on Twitter at CLTFCPodcast. Thanks again and please share this with a friend and just spread the news. We love hearing from you and appreciate and hope you come back. Thank you.